Welcome to TV Tropes and Horoscopes. I'm Brian. And I'm Ariana. Today we're going to be talking about normal people as much as we can cover before Brian goes to work. It's been a while since we watched it. We were supposed to record this forever ago, but it's life. We're trying to cram as much reading about it as we can into a short time period before we pick up these microphones, and it didn't really work out as well as I'd hoped, but here we are. I loved the uh, synopsis that we read by... It's a, they're Vulture articles by Jessica Goldstein. Highly recommend her. Fucking hilarious. And really just um, encompassing all the frustrations that we had with the fucking show. Yeah, it was pretty spot on, some of the stuff that she said. Even just the little things that she noticed. Mm-hmm. Like the buns. How yes. The symbolism of Marianne's bun is so important, and you don't even realize the height of her bun reflects her mood. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good tell about how she's feeling that day. How high is her bun? <laughs> <laughs> how high or low is her bun? <laughs> it's like the uh, overalls of sadness from Buffy. Yes, the overalls of sadness. Hmm. So I guess we can talk about our overall feelings. Um, do you want to go? Sure. I really like this show. Um, it made me extremely uncomfortable in a lot of ways. I didn't know you liked it because all you kept saying was that you were uncomfortable. Yeah, so I I like being uncomfortable, I guess. It was, <laughs> it was, it was just super real. Like when they say normal people, it's just, it's, it's very much that like it, it's encompassing everything you go through as a teenager or as a young adult. Like they really hit the nail on the head about like trying to find who you are, your first time falling in love, like all that stuff and how to navigate that kind of stress. Cause that's what it is. It's stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did like it. It was just hard to like it. Like it, I liked it a lot. I don't know if I could really sit through it again without it, It's just very emotionally draining, mm-hmm. but I liked it. I feel that. Yeah, I also loved it. Um, it was moody. I really related a, a lot to Marianne when she got older, not necessarily when she was younger. Um, also, looking at European fucking landscapes for hours was both beautiful and a small torture because I just wanted to be riding a bike in the like on a French countryside or Scottish, where Irish. Where were they in that? Were they in France? No, they were in Ireland. Okay, whatever. Wait, when, on, on a bike ride? Yeah, when... I don't remember when the bike ride. She, when Marianne and um, Connell are at one of Marianne's houses, like her one of the summer oh, homes. yeah. Doesn't she have a house in France, I think? She has like a summer home. Or Italy. It, it was, was in Italy. Italy, Italy, yeah. Italy. Okay, yeah. The summer home in Italy made me want to fucking kill myself as they rode through their... The fucking town and the fields on their little bikes. It was the most idolistic piece of shit scenery ever. And I want that more than anything. Yeah, it was it was very pretty. God, it was so gorgeous. Um, so then the overall photography and cinematography was also really beautiful. Um, where there wasn't a lot of dialogue, the music and the focus on the characters like features and like micro expressions uh really showed through and like um it really worked to accentuate the character's thoughts and feelings and i thought that was a really good choice to use music to bring the right moods and the thoughts and uh like the mental processes of 
the characters. Whereas like in a book, you usually have the constant narration, like the person like telling the story, like, oh, Marianne thought this and felt this and blah, blah, blah. But we don't have that. And if you do, often it can make it cheesy. But the um, utilization of music and just like the fucking giant close ups on like eyes and lips and like rain on the window or whatever was uh, I thought that was really really intelligent. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was intel. It was a good good decision, good directing decision. And the guy who did the music is so the guy who did the background music is Stephen Rennix, and he's worked on a whole bunch of other shit. And I think he just nailed it with the soundtrack for this show. And I've been listening to it a lot, actually. I like the lighting. I think um, it was like kind of subtle, but you can tell that um, like when Marianne was home, mm-hmm. uh, the lighting was very dark. Yeah. Just like her low bun mm-hmm. when she's at home. But no, it was very dark. Um, when she was around Connell, it was always kind of bright. The mm-hmm. light was always kind of shining on them in certain ways to make it look like that was like kind of her happy space. Um, when Connell was by himself, you can see that everything was kind of gray and drab. It's because he doesn't really know who he is. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of like this sterile environment yeah. where he was um, to kind of portray how he's struggling to figure out his own identity, which you can tell very early on. Um, and then later on when they were in college and stuff like that, it carried on where he was still trying to figure out who he was. And the more popular Marianne got, the warmer the colors got, the warmer the lighting got. And it mm-hmm. just made it seem like she was very cozy and everybody was kind of gravitating to her. Like mm-hmm. she was, she was kind of the glue that was holding her whole group together. Yeah. Yeah. She's has a very magnetizing presence and yeah, like they, uh, that, that review we, uh, that review that we read uh, talked about like how colors change based on Marianne's moods. I thought that was very poignant. I also I, I did I, I really liked. Yeah, you didn't say it. I liked how we got to watch um, the two characters grow and change, and like really mature. And I didn't think that it was going to happen until the very last episode. And I was like, oh my god, they're fucking finally communicating. Finally, like good. They they had really improved and they were more open with their feelings than at the beginning of the series where everything was just basically like all hush hush and then just like barely fucking progress from there. Um, I guess we should get into it kind of like in order about the way the relationship progressed and how because Marianne started out like more emotionally mature than Connell for sure. Like Connell was trying to figure out mm-hmm. you know, he he was the popular one. That was the thing. Like, I don't know why this pretty girl who was smart was so ostracized by her classmates, but she was just a complete social outcast. And Connell was this like star of the school. He was great at his sport and he was surrounded by pretty popular people. And that's why their relationship had to start out in secret because he was sort of embarrassed about what people would think of him being with somebody like Marianne, who was Mm kind of looked down on by everybody. Yeah. Which we discussed, like we're not really sure if that's like a cultural thing, like was she just a dick to everybody or just like the teachers or just when someone tried to tell her what to do and it was stupid because you thought that the way that she stood up to that teacher was like kind of cool and how like most kids would have like laughed and cheered and been like into it. But I'm not sure like what their academic level is because if a student had acted like that when I, in my classes in high school, which were all like AP classes and shit, there was only like a few of us. And so it was all like, we just did a lot 
we were just like really, really in there for like the academic work. And so if anybody was like acting up, it would be really jarring. Like it never happened. But I remember like for my government class, I had to take a regular, like a regular level. I didn't take honors or AP. And I remember being in that class and just having people talking and not giving a shit and ignoring the teacher. And I like I was just so like disturbed and bothered by these kids who like didn't care and were always like making a scene and how we couldn't learn anything every fucking day because there were always kids starting some shit. If that's different than what was going on. She wasn't like class clowning. She was, you know, kind of staring out a window and the teacher tried to, I guess, sort of embarrass her. It seems like she was being mistreated even by the teachers. Like nobody really treated her well. She's clearly not had any positive interaction. I mean, her whole family kind of treated her bad. Now mm-hmm. teachers are mean to her. All the kids at school are mean to her. And and just, she's rich, and it doesn't seem to make a difference to anybody, which is so different from the normal story. Like, when we found out that she was rich, I was, like, taken aback. I was like, what the fuck? She's pretty, and she's rich, and she's really smart. Why does everyone hate her? I don't get this. Yeah, I, I still don't understand it, really. I don't know if maybe it was, like, the casting... You know, like maybe in the book, she's portrayed like she's described as more. I haven't read the book, but maybe she's described as like more homely or like mm. quieter or something like that. And then they just casted somebody who was too attractive for the role that they were thinking of. Or we're just, which, you know, happens most of the time. It's always a person who's way too attractive for the plain role they're supposed to play. But. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just didn't know if it was like a cultural thing or if it was just that normal. Something didn't translate from the book to the screen because who who wants to watch ugly people do shit on TV? I mean, like some people do. Some people want to see people who are genuinely normal. And, you know, I feel like they were both normal looking people. I didn't think that either of them were too hot. But the fact that Marianne was pretty and smart and rich made it really weird that everybody hated her, even the teachers. I could see there's being some resentment because of her being rich, maybe. Like, some people resented the fact that she was rich. Maybe some people resented the fact that schoolwork came so easily to her. I don't know. It seems it, they, they weren't really clear as to whether or not the animosity towards her was rooted in jealousy or just they thought she was a nerd and they didn't like her. So it was, yeah. was kind of hard to figure out. But either way, it, it sort of ends up defining their relationship to start um, because you know after their first kiss he's like don't tell anybody about this yeah and she's like who am i gonna tell like trying to be cool she's like we could do it in secret like she's definitely pulling that like card where she wants him so bad that she doesn't even care what it will cost her she's very 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 submissive and will probably gather that has to do with her inability to act around male figures in her life i.e. her brother and her father who are both extremely abusive to her and her mother so yeah and just seeing that the early seedlings of their relationship growing and then seeing where she ends up later you can see that that sort of defines all of her relationships going forward Mm -hmm. and probably from even before that like i guess they go into more detail in the book about the abuse that she suffered from her brother and everything like that. Um, I wish they were able to put more of that on the screen because I had a hard time figuring out why she was so damaged because they just sort of passingly referenced, like he would give her mean looks or like Mm -hmm. kick her out of the car so she could walk in the rain, which is real shitty. But apparently in the book, he like really hits her a lot and stuff like that. Which is 
wild. Like, and they never explain like why he hates her. Like, it's weird. Yeah. That that part confused me as someone who's like been really close to my siblings, especially as United Front against abusive parents. I don't, you know, like I. I I've you never also only expe- have sisters. You don't have a brother. Like, but the- still, like, and generally when you hear those kind of dialogues, it's. it's always like the siblings like stick close together and they're just like, Oh yeah, we get it. Like the parents are bad. Well, it sort of depends though. Like, so the dad used to hit their mom Mm -hmm. and I think you can kind of go one of two ways with that. You could either follow that example and think that that's how you treat women Mm -hmm. or you get very protective and you don't want that to happen to your mother or your sister or anybody. Um, seems that he sort of adopted his father's persona around the house. You know, it Mm -hmm. it just, you know, the cycle never ends. Yeah, I guess. It was, yeah, it, it was confusing. I wish I knew more about why that was happening and, like, what drove that brother to be such a piece of shit. Like, just being a grumpy alcoholic, just living in his mom's house, being rude to her, and being just fucking abusive as hell to and, Marianne. And the mother just being so enabling of that yeah. behavior. It was crazy. I mean, like, and hmm, so it was so weird because I was like, well, she could be like really just like broken and have like extreme PTSD from like the father. But but she just seemed like so strong and held it together. And she has this like big, like important like job that makes her rich. Like, I can't remember what she does. Like they mention it, but whatever, whatever. She works in some like real fucking job and makes a shit ton of money. And, you know, it seems like she would be like strong enough to stand up to her son but like maybe the only place that she can you know has the only place that she has control is in the workplace and when she's home she's just like drunk and wants to you know like not that she's a drunk but they make an emphasis on her drinking and her passivity well in the vulture articles that we were reading it does say that they sort of passively um imply that she has mm-hmm. a drinking problem because she just like kind of always has a glass of wine in her hand. Mm-hmm. When and she's as soon at home. as she came home and yeah. how there's like a they always say like the the gun on the mantle, like you never mention anything in a book or a story without it coming back around later or without it being important, without it being a symbol of something. And like generally if you show a parent or a person like grabbing alcohol as soon as they walk in, especially if they like seem upset or whatever, like it's like that seems to be like a crutch for them and they either will become addicted to it or they already are. Like it's a, an important like character trait is like, hey, this person is a drinker. I see. I didn't know that. It was in that article, the Vulture article. Oh, I just sort of skimmed. <laughs> All right, so I guess we're going to try and break it down episode by episode. Um, yeah, because it feels like we're kind of bouncing all over with this. Our feelings on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is this is how you go. You just break you break down the episode in the second half and you just talk about how you felt about it in the first part. Yeah, okay. That's fair. We can do whatever the fuck we want. It's our podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So in the first episode, as we said, Marianne, who is supposed to be maybe plain, like the most I could get from her, she's supposed to be plain. Um, unpopular, we can't figure out fucking why, other than she's kind of an asshole. Um, but is she an asshole because she's unpopular, or is she unpopular, or is she unpopular because she's an asshole? Um, and... I want to go on record saying, I don't think she was an asshole. She was quiet, 
she smarted off to a teacher one time. I don't think she was an asshole. I think that apparently it's been like a lifelong thing of these people kind of like treating her badly. Yeah. Well, okay. So she and Colin, Connell, Jesus, have the hots for each other. And we only see that in their weird, suggestive eye fucking, eye flirting, <laughs> uh, when he comes over to her house to pick up his mom. Who, plot twist, works for Marion's mother, which is how we find out that Marion is rich and Connell is poor and Connell's mom is a housekeeper. Yes. And they, I guess at first they just sort of silently make eyes at each other for a while before Marianne, who is clearly in the driver's seat in this whole situation, is the one who starts making advances towards him. And she, I guess she even picks up on the fact that it might be embarrassing for somebody so popular to be seen with her. So she was immediately into suggesting that they keep it a secret and nobody would ever have to know. Wait, you're skipping ahead. I, this They first see each other and then they go back to the school the next day and that's when she gets caught in the rain because her brother just kicks her out of the car. And then while she's waiting for detention, that's when she says, hey, I like you. Oh, I forgot about that part. And then he comes over and then she has her high fucking bun, which is the cutest messy bun I've ever seen. So fucking cute. I wanted her whole outfit. I was like, oh my God, Marianne is so fucking gorgeous. And then <laughs> she just looked like a little sexy Tumblr girl. It was wild. Um, I was that's, like, what that's a is deep happening? cut reference. <laughs> 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 sexy Tumblr girl. People are like, what the hell's a Tumblr? <laughs> the Tumblrettes. <laughs> little uh, Tumblrina. That's funny. Yeah. Well, she looked like one of those girls. And I was like, where are the daisies? Um, and... Then they have their first kiss, and then that's when she suggests that they keep it a secret because she's so desperate to be with the guy that she is into that she doesn't care at first. Yeah. Because teenage girls are stupid. Teenagers are stupid. Teenagers are stupid. Yeah, she de- she definitely just seemed to jump right in, like, oh, don't worry about it. We don't have to tell anybody, which she was immediately devaluing herself, and it mm-hmm. seems to sort of make Connell even now uncomfortable to start with. Like, I think, uh, was it the first kiss when she was immediately like, we can take our clothes off if you want? Uh, it was the second one when he comes back over again because he doesn't even return her kiss. He's like, I need to think about this on their oh, first kiss. Right, yep. Or no, 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 he, he makes out with her, and then he's like, whew, okay, that was good. Um, all right, I was into that, but... I don't know if I'm that into that. Right? I think. Whatever. Anyway, long story short, he doesn't fuck her in the first episode, which is what she wants. She's so... Can we talk about, like, the way that she talks? I was like, she talks like someone who is on the spectrum, and I found that very, very interesting how socially awkward she was. And extremely frank. Yeah. And as someone who, like, you know who's on the spectrum and talks very oddly that could probably explain why people don't like her because I was bullied pretty badly because I had absolutely no social graces and spoke like that. Brian knows. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And this is, this is a light reflection of our early relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough getting through that. Um, I was like, what are you talking about? I just don't lie. Um, (laughs) So, Yeah, so there's that. And, like, I always would write my diaries, like, I'm smart and I'm pretty and I'm funny. Why don't people like me? And then I just later came to just decide that it was because 
I was ugly and weird. And only half of that was right. And it was the weird part. I was really weird, but I was socially inept because I'm on the spectrum. So it makes uh, social interactions very hard and confusing for me. So that's what I got from from her and the way she talked. I was like, maybe people just know that she's different. Like, she's just not neurotypical. So, you know, people just shun people who can't communicate, you know, cause since humans are social creatures and, like, all the social nuances, like, what's important to communication and relationships as this entire fucking series lets us know if she can't even like do basic like flirting and she just goes straight into can we take our clothes off now like (laughs) Anya from Buffy when she first turns into a human yes like she was just so formal and stiff (laughs) it's quite frankly it's silly to have these interlocking bodies and not have them interlock yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) thank you Anya um yeah, so maybe it was just that she's just not neurotypical or doesn't communicate in a neurotypical way, and that creates some sort of frisson between her and the other people. Maybe that's why they don't like her. It's just, you know, misunderstanding some sort of difference, perceived or otherwise. And the, the thing about Connell is that it makes him uncomfortable, but I think it makes him uncomfortable mostly because he seems like the type of person that is more or less doing what he's told is cool or mm-hmm. like he just doesn't want to rock the boat. So when people behave certain ways around him, he just lets it slide. Mm-hmm. And um, with her just not being like other people that he knows, he just doesn't know what it's like to not want to just fit in all the time. Cause that seems what he wants to do. He just, he doesn't really want to stand out. It seems he really just wants to fit in mm-hmm. with his group of people and um, not be seen so much yeah he just yeah that's why he doesn't like advertise that he's really smart he doesn't advertise his relationship with marianne he doesn't even he doesn't seem embarrassed that his mom is cleaning the house like i think he mentions it to that one guy in the truck in like the later episodes when they're just like talking about going to their um their formal dance the what would they call it Debs. The Debs. The Debs, which is, we found out short for debutante. So it's like a ball or like the equivalent of the American prom. Yes. So, yeah, so one of his friends is asking him about taking, he's teasing her, teasing Connell about taking Marianne to the Debs. And I think that's when he mentions that he knows her because his mom cleans Marianne's mom's house. So it doesn't seem like he's embarrassed of his social status so i'm wondering what all of these kids social statuses are like are any of them rich because it doesn't seem like marianne's um wealth or like family or her family's affluence matters as far as her popularity goes so but it doesn't detract from connell's that his uh mom is poor no no, he seems to. I I feel like they're all kind of of the same social stature. They seem kind of like working classy, except maybe that blonde Rachel. Mm-hmm. She's the only one who seems a little bit stuck up. Yeah, like was that her house that they have the party at? I think so. Yeah, I'm like, so she might be like of an upper middle class or something. So everyone's probably just like working class, upper middle class. But it doesn't it doesn't seem to be an issue to anyone other than maybe Marianne and Connell. And even then, they're just kind of like. 
it that doesn't even come up until college. Yeah. All right. So the first episode pretty much ends on the note of that kiss yeah. and we're kind of left wondering like that's it, like what's going to happen. Well, he he says that he's like, "Hey, you can come over to my house on Saturday. It's going to be empty and we can bang there." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, this is not romantic, but also these people they're making out is giving me feelings. Yeah. And I think, like I said, it sort of colors the rest of the relationships that he has because he's meeting up with her in secret and it's just like kind of to have sex. There's like no romance involved. It's just like, okay, I guess we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Keep our little secret and go have secret sex with each other. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, it made me feel badly for her. Um, in the beginning, I just thought that she was really devaluing herself and I couldn't understand why, especially all that we know about her being smart and being reasonably attractive and being rich and everything like that. I don't know why she would lower herself like that. Why she didn't have just a little bit more self-esteem. Well, because, well, we find out later because, you know, her family treats her like shit, but also like in her shoes as like a, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old girl, I would have done the same thing and been like, you just kind of have this idealized, you know, view of love. And you're like, Oh my God, I do anything for this person. I love them so much. Like, and it's just like, it just seems romantic and passionate and like you're sharing something with someone. And that's just like really, really powerful. And it's not until later that that starts to wear on you. And you're like, Oh my God, wait, no, this isn't good enough for me, but it, it takes her a while to get there, but she gets there. Yeah, it seems like both of them are kind of trying to be, what the other person thinks that they want. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Connell so much for her. Like Connell seems to be trying to be somebody else for his friends. Mm -hmm. And Marianne seems to be like, okay, maybe this is what this man wants from me. So I'm just going to do this. Cause she has no idea how relationships actually work at this time. Cause she's mm -hmm. a teenager. This yeah, is her first experience. Yeah. No example. Her only example is her dead father who was also an abusive asshole. Yeah, so she just has no idea. So I think she just thinks that she... I don't even think she's, she believes that she's being sexy. I think she just believes that this is how you get a man. Just yeah. be what he wants. Here yeah, you go. Yeah, just be available. And uh, yeah, it'll all work out. But it doesn't. Because teenagers are stupid. Yes. Which will be <laughs> the fucking <laughs> resounding quote of this podcast is young people in general stupid if you're under 25 you're stupid yeah i can agree with that <laughs> uh okay so episode two go episode two is where they have sex yeah episode two they have sex i just didn't read that synopsis so i'm depending on you oh no oh no <laughs> i forgot oh lord <laughs> well they have sex they do it Yeah, so in the second episode, um, Connell takes Marianne's virginity, but he still wants to keep their relationship a secret. And it seems like she's trying to play it cool, like that's okay with her. But I think it's starting to put a strain on their very delicate relationship. Mm -hmm. Isn't this where his friends are like bullying him in the hallway, like near the lockers, and she just like walks away and he doesn't fucking stand up for her? Yes, yes, that <laughs> did happen. They, the one guy like, or no, actually I think that's the next episode where the guy asked her to the dance 
oh, as a man. joke. Gross. And she says no. And <laughs> he's like, oh, do you think you're too good for me? And she's like, yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely true. <laughs> and um, then he called her a flat-chested bitch. Yeah. And Connell just sort of sat there silently. Yeah, just so says, gross. And silence <laughs> is... Silence. Right. Si- if you're silent, you're complicit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how she puts up with this shit from this guy, but she must really care about him. Look, the dick was good. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's your first love. You're in love with someone. You just make all these concessions for them. You're just dumb. Yeah. And I think that was... Uh, then he took her to that ghost house or whatever where all the cool kids go, and that was where she said the thing about, um, you know, you can... Do anything. I'd let you do anything you want to me right now. Yeah. Didn't she say something like, you can strip me naked and fuck me like on the rocks or something? I was like, Jesus. Yeah. She was, she's just like willing, she is willing to just throw herself to like at his feet, just whatever you want. And all, all it succeeds in doing actually is making him uncomfortable. I don't think he's, I don't think he's actually comfortable in this particular Mm -hmm. identity of his. I don't think he's comfortable being the popular guy. I don't think he's comfortable, um, having to like hide his romance. He seems very put out by all of this stuff. Yeah. He's just like, Oh my God, people stop. Just stop putting pressure on me. I just want to live. Yeah. He, uh, I relate to Connell very strongly. I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning, but a lot of the stuff that he, a lot of the way that he behaves aside from the silence, because I promise you, I would not be silent (laughs) witnessing (laughs) some of these things. And I probably would not ever make, somebody keep our relationship a secret. Um, But putting myself in his shoes as to the person I think he is and the person he kind of becomes, I can see a lot of myself in him. He's kind of like a romantic. He's really not like he really cares about her, despite the fact that he has no idea how to express it. Mm -hmm. And there's some big astrological differences there. Like you're fucking Leo with a Leo Venus, which means you are king romance. And this motherfucker, I'm absolutely 100% would bet my life that he's a motherfucking Scorpio with an Aquarius Venus, which means he doesn't know what the fuck to do with love, but he feels it very, very intensely. But his friends probably come first, and he'll definitely want to be friends with a partner before he loses them, which we'll see later. And I'll go into all that later. My theories. (laughs) Yeah, he just... um He's he's at the core of it. He's just a dude who has no identity of his own Mm. and he's struggling between two completely separate worlds, which is his own doing. He's the one who made these worlds separate. He wanted to keep the relationship a secret and uh, he could have easily integrated her. I mean, she's not that I guess maybe he would he was sort of in a way protecting her from Mm -hmm. the scorn of his friends. It felt like a combo of like protective, but also like. Not, em- I wouldn't even say that he was that embarrassed because he doesn't think that she's anything to be embarrassed of, but it's more like he just doesn't want to deal with the headache of like getting his friends to not care because he's more just concerned that they're just going to give him a hard time and just like make fun of him and tease him. Like he's just like, I don't want to deal with it. I just want things to kind of be uh, normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. And from her perspective, I, you know, like some deep codependencies shit there when you're like in this relationship where you're just so desperate to keep someone and you're so afraid of losing them. You're so afraid of rejection. You're just like, 
what can I do? How can I mold myself to be the perfect person for them? So they absolutely have no reason to leave me. So I'm not alone again. I'm not going to be abandoned. And as someone who's abandoned by her father and her brother and her mother, like the first person she loves, like, of course she's like desperate to keep them from abandoning her, like literally, or, you know, metaphorically, like, you know, emotionally or literally leaving them through like death or being abusive. Like she desperately, desperately needs to be loved, but she doesn't know how to accept it. And she doesn't really know how to give it either because she's never even been shown it. Yeah. She's definitely, and we see it more as the show progresses too. She's definitely self-sacrificial. She Mm -hmm. will do anything for these partners um, at the expense of herself. Pretty much everything's at the expense of herself relationship wise. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. I think it's mostly because she just wants kind of, for lack of a better term, she wants to belong to somebody who's yeah. going to be good to her and protect her. And so she will put anything on the line to make that happen. Right. And yeah. And I think that, you know, spoilers jumping ahead to the last episode, but I think that was the most important part. Like now that we're having this discussion, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. She, it's so fucking powerful that when he goes to New York, she doesn't follow him. This is probably the first guy that she's not followed, not done everything for. She was like, wait, I'm comfortable here and I want to stay here. So she doesn't, she finally goes from saying, I'll do anything for you. I'll fucking lay down like naked in the dirt for you. You can abuse me and use me however you want to finally being like, it's a year and you can come back to me. I'm going to do what I want for once and not follow a guy and do something for the sake of a relationship. And meanwhile, that's a revelation for Connell because Connell has been doing his whole life is kind of doing what other people tell him to do. He's Mm -hmm. let everybody make every decision for him. He went to the college because of her. She Mm -hmm. told him to apply for the college. He wasn't planning on going to do that. Then he switched his major to English because she told him to. Mm -hmm. He hasn't made any major decisions without somebody else's input or direction mm-hmm. like the therapy he doesn't get he the first girlfriend he dates in college was like a mutual friend or not a mutual friend but like a friend of marianne's who just happened to be single and they're like oh they could fucking date right yeah, yeah. so since we're jumping ahead we might as well go through the stuff that happened with the dance because that mm-hmm. leads us into the college stuff um when yeah, so everything goes to shit because he gets embarrassed and asks out the pretty girl because he's afraid that his mates are catching on to him and Marianne. Right. Yeah, because they were at they were at like a bar mm-hmm. and Marianne was looking right. She, Hot. She got herself in a <laughs> black dress and one of the popular kids was actually nice to her. Yeah. But then one of the guys started to grope her. Yeah. Oh, he was he was uh, like an older dude. He wasn't even like in their, their high school. He was like a friend of her brother's. Right. And she made a scene about it, mm-hmm. which as she should, you know, get your hands off of me. And the mean girl, Rachel was like, why are you making such a big deal about this? Gross. And she went outside to cry. And, um, the one nice person, Karen went out there and said, oh, Karen, of all people, <laughs> of all names right now, I know. <laughs> the good Woo. person was Karen went outside to comfort her and Connell ended up taking her home. Mm-hmm. And because of that moment, um, that sort of triggered this, um, like, Oh, did you hook up with the, the distressed woman? I was like, why would his friends even think that? Right. So because of that, that's why he had to, um, kind of like squash it and say that, Publicly, at least, he mm-hmm. was taking that girl, Rachel, to the dance. And making a whole big fucking thing about it. Yeah. And then... Which leads to the hero of the episode. 
what Connell's mother, oh, who yeah. is the greatest, the mom, most wonderful human. You know, she she found out about this and she just told him flat out, like, I know you have sex with her every day after school. I know you see her and I'm ashamed of you for mm-hmm. the way that you're treating her. <laughs> and she got out of the car yes. and walked her ass to work or yep. to the bus that took mm-hmm. it to take her to work. Um, because she just didn't want to be even sitting with her son at all. She was just so ashamed of the way he was treating Marianne. Mm-hmm. And then she saw Marianne and she said, I know what's happening. And he, meaning her son, mm-hmm. doesn't deserve you. Yeah. <laughs> which and is then wild. she hugged this girl who's probably never had a warm maternal hug in her life. Yeah. And that was, that was a, very, a really powerful scene. Like the whole thing. I was... I wanted to stand up and cheer when Me she too. said that he doesn't deserve you because at that moment he didn't, he, no. he didn't stand up for her. He let, I mean, he kind of stood up for her when the dude groped her and he's the one who took her home and everything. But then he just undid all that goodwill by then mm-hmm. saying, Oh, well now publicly to save face, I have to go out with your sworn enemy. Yeah. Who, or like the girl who like you, not your sworn, but like the girl that is in love with me and everybody feels like I should be with, and I'm going to pick the pretty popular girl you know who you feel slightly not she definitely feels threatened by because she like low-key mentions her all the time yeah like he he definitely i don't know who set this roadmap for him but it seems like that's what he's doing he's just trying to follow this roadmap Mm -hmm. of what what he's supposed to do he's supposed to be with rachel Mm -hmm. he's supposed to hang out with these people and not hang out with marianne Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be the popular funny guy he's supposed to not necessarily excel in school not Mm -hmm. be interested in english because apparently i'm just finding out that's a feminine thing and um lib arts are for queers yeah so he is basically um just trying to follow this roadmap and i don't think that he truly even knows that what he's doing is wrong i think Mm -hmm. he just is trying to do his best and he just doesn't know what what the best is or what the right thing to do is which granted what person under 25 does because your frontal lobe isn't even done developing so like you have no sense of morals you just go on what everybody fucking tells you is right and wrong whether it's for you or in the grand scheme of the world so you're just kind of like well so after that um that was a word <laughs> I was like Ariana. You just said derp or derp. <laughs> after after that happened, after he asked Rachel to the dance, um, obviously Marianne finally developing some backbone stood up and threw him out. She just was not she was not having it. Mm-hmm. And um, fast forward a little bit to the day of the dance. You know, his mom seems to have forgiven him as mothers do, and tells him just to go try and have a good time the best mm-hmm. that he can. Um, She's like, I still love you, but I don't like what you did, which is fair. Good yeah. mom. Uh, but the more the more he's at the dance around these people who have seemingly cost him a relationship that seemed to mean a lot to him, um, he just gets more and more despondent, starts mm-hmm. drinking more, and just just finally just ends up leaving uh, the dance to go leave Marianne a sobbing voicemail about Ugh. how sorry he was and how he cares about her so much he's like he tells her he was that the first time he tells her that he loves her i actually think we missed that part where because he told her he loved her i think after the rock thing when they were at that ghost house where she said you could do whatever you want to me as she kept on pressing him and making him uncomfortable that was his thing he said oh you just love making me feel uncomfortable don't you and the more she pressed him he finally just came out like she pressed him to say that um, he would be sad if she broke up with him if she stopped seeing him. And she oh, pressed yeah. him to say that he would miss having sex with her mm-hmm. if they stopped having sex. And then, then he said he would miss her. And then I believe 
right at the very end there, he just said, I love you, which... I thought it was on the phone for the first time. Like when he was leaving that voicemail, he's like, I really love you. And I'm like, then what the fuck are you doing? I don't remember him saying, I love uh, he you. He said it. He said it to her face. Cause I remember distinctly, he said it to her. She did not react. And I was taken aback by it. I was Which like, oh. she never fucking does through the whole series. She says, I love you to him one time. And we waited, we waited 12 episodes. And when it finally <sighs> happened, I'm not lying when I say that I literally stood up and raised my arms in the air. Like they did it. They fought. It was like crossing the finish line. It was. It's like they won the Olympic gold medal. I was so happy. It was so sad. Only for it to be snatched away. Yeah. Just pissing my fucking like, cereal. Like, thank you for giving me this moment that you are now going to destroy. Very Joss Whedon-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kept like looking at each other, just being like, this, this isn't going to end happy. Like, nothing has been good in this whole series. Like, this can't be a happily ever after. And I just kept waiting, honestly, for, like, one of them to die tragically or to kill themselves. Like, man, they were, like, fucking with my head the whole time. Like, I I just kept waiting for, like, something terrible, tragic to happen. So it wasn't as bad as I was fucking trying to prepare myself for. But it still was not the happy ending that I wanted. And Marianne still... I, you know, what I just said earlier about how I was proud that she decided to stay in Ireland instead of following a dude to America, like I was, but also at the same time, the fact that they're having to break up again for one fucking year because they just, I don't know, whatever. Like maybe, maybe it'll be different this time. Maybe they'll fly and see each other on holidays. Like, you know, I doubt it. Well, here's how I feel like I'm tired of her banging other people when she's in love with someone else. Yeah, I don't even know how somebody does that. But she I think to sum up like how I feel about their relationship for the most part is I don't think they're ever going to be able to get rid of each other. I Mm -hmm. don't believe in meant to be necessarily in real life, but this is fiction. And I'm just going to say it. I think they're meant to be. And I think that there is a gravitational pull between them that they are never going to be able to shake the other one loose, that that is just who they belong to. And um, the more they resist it, the more painful it becomes. And they are doing a lot of damage to each other Mm -hmm. over the course of the series. Um, But it's one of those things where they, their souls are just meant to be with each other. Mm -hmm. And they do learn and grow a lot through one another too. And like when they're able to be friends, um, their I think their relationship blossoms and they talk a lot about how like they're each other's best friend and Connell says that he can tell her anything and that he that she's the only one that he feels like close enough to especially like after his friend commits suicide like that's yeah, his go-to person all over whatever <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> we, and it's like no... nine o'clock so I know you have to go yeah. I mean, I don't think we, I don't know if we have to go through this like episode by episode, but because they were such, there's only 12 episodes, but so much shit happens. And then the time jumping in those episodes, so confusing. I don't really know what the whole timeline is. I guess they're graduating college by the end of the series. So Mm -hmm. it's like a, at least like a four year span. Like five years if you count like the senior year of high school, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then you just have some summers. So we're going to end it right here because Brian has to go to work. So that's like the first three episodes. So that's not bad. That's kind of what I was, you know, thinking maybe we could get through. The first three episodes with every other episode kind of sprinkled throughout. Look, it all matters and it all attaches because it was a, it's a character development season, episode, series, whatever. It's a character development show. So like 
it's just nice to have like all the strings like come together and you know whatever i can see the braid now i don't see the individual trees but yes basically we talked about the first oh shit we only talked about the first two episodes we didn't even get into three did we three is the one with the dance three is the one with the dance okay oh yeah because two is sex and three is dance and then four is college four is college all right so we pick up at college yes we've done high school we're gonna pick up at college possibly whenever i get back from my rendezvous with my friend in her cabin. With my friends in my friend's cabin. I'm getting Botox done, y'all. I don't support this, but... <laughs> it's, it's just fun. I don't need it. <laughs> I'm still in my 20s. I'm going to say that till August 2nd. <laughs> yeah, At 9.15 you're p.m. On, you're right on the cusp. <laughs> you're going to be in your 30s. You're going to join me in... 30s. I'm not going to be in my 30s. I'm going to be 30. That's 30s. No. Yes. No. All right. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye.